Mr. Luke Clayton, I'll tell you what. We had an absolutely great time at our recent book signing there at our Crown Bar in LaGrange, Texas. Had a lot of great people come out and listen to a bunch of good hunting stories and, and actually saw pictures of, of several bucks that people have been taking you know, in South Texas and locally, and, and uh, that was just a lot of fun in so many different ways. In every way, Larry, that was lots of fun, man. That, that's the neatest place, friends, that I have ever been to. And it's, uh, yeah, okay, It's uh, the name of it is Crown Bar, but it's an old building right near downtown LaGrange. And LaGrange is known, is pretty famous from years back for other <laughs> <laughs> people say LaGrange. Is that word that uh, movie, uh, you know? That's where the movie that Burt Reynolds and Dolly uh, Parton and a few others did several years ago called The Best Little Whorehouse in the State of Texas. And, uh, of course, that's all been shut out a long time oh, yeah. ago yeah. now, back, back, I guess, in the 70s or whatever it is. But, you know, Grange, too, is kind of a historic town right on the on the Colorado River, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> that building that we have the bar in, it was built in 1854 as a hotel, and there was a bar next door, and it, over the years it served at all kinds of different things, and then oh, about a little over two years ago, my daughter came to me, and she said, Daddy, she said, you can start, you know, how would you feel about being a bar owner? And I said, well, you know, I'm something I'd certainly consider because years ago we had been involved with Los Cazadores hunting headquarters, and we had a really nice restaurant and then a bar involved in it as well, too. And so, well, it'd be kind of a fun project. And my daughter, Beth, and, and uh, our other partner, Andy uh, Johnson, Andy and Beth kind of clicked together, and they're kind of eclectic in terms of, of what they wear sometimes, but she's also a fantastic uh, interior designer. And... As a result of that, you know, that, that bar turned out pretty nice. Now we've got a little beer in the background and behind it. And so it worked out really, really well. It was kind of a cool day, which we really appreciated. And, uh, but again, it, it was the people that showed up, you know, friends that we've made over the years and, and new friends that we made while we were there and, and, uh, and sold a few books and gave away a few sporting classic magazines as well, too. We, we did. Yeah. Uh, Beth, your daughter, and Andy, though, you could not find two people more tailor-made to do what they do. Andy told me this. I said, said, this is just an awesome place. I mean, I wish I wasn't three and a half hours from there, you know. <laughs> uh, and uh, he said, you know, Luke, we sell beverages, yes. But he said, we, we sell ourselves and entertainment in, in a comfortable atmosphere first. And they make you feel like you've been there forever. I I, I felt a warm welcome. Of people there did. Everybody in there. So anyway, hats off to what you, what you guys are doing down there in famous Lagrange, Texas, Larry. We did have a good time. Met I met. A, of course, that's kind of the heart of your <clears throat> where you were from. That part of the world down there. Not you're not don't live that far from there. And brought a lot of people that. Uh, you know, heart of Larry Wysoon, <laughs> home well, country in a way. With my connection with the Dallas Safari Club, we had several people there yep. who we've met over the DSC. And then, of course, my daughter, Teresa, is helping us with book sales and, and managing the, uh, the the sales of things when you get right <laughs> yeah. down to it. And she was there with her husband. We had a big old pot of stew that we'd cooked up a little mm-hmm. bit earlier. And, uh, you know, just, it was a great fun time. You know, we've got another one that we're doing in, in, uh, Greenville, or maybe by the time this is aired, we will have already done that one in Greenville as well, too. But it's an 
opportunity, as far as I'm concerned, not only to, to, to push the books that we did uh, with you and I doing Campfire Talk and and uh, the deer addictions that I did, which thankfully are for sale, too, through uh, Sporting Classic Store and, yep. and, and a few other places as well, too. But, uh, you know, to me, it, it's as much about doing those kind of things to kind of get together with folks and, and tell stories and listen to stories because... I know you, you and I both like to talk, but at the same time, we're both pretty darn good listeners, and I can't wait to get to the next one of those events just to listen to the people, you know, tell the stories about their outdoor experiences and, and a lot of times talking about some of the old times when they were growing up and hunting way back then compared to now. Mm-hmm. And then, too, we're taking this opportunity as well to uh, make people more aware of the Sporting Classics magazine, which to me has always been the publication that every outdoor publication ought to aspire to look like. So uh, 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 to me, those are so much fun. Of course, hunting season is still going on, too, so we can't forget that. Right. We at the, Yeah, at our signings, we have several flags to wave, and Sporting Classics is definitely one of them. Uh, the magazine is just, <clears throat> it's always been like the, the, the top of the shelf, as far as I'm concerned. It's just an awesome awesome magazine and you said we have lots of hunting going on we still do it's a bunch coming up um you know i've shot uh well the only deer thus far right now that i've shot i shot the buck up in uh the choctaw hunting lodge up there in in southeastern oklahoma uh with you we were together haven't hunted i really honestly haven't hunted a whole lot uh, but I've got plans this coming week. I, I, pro- I don't think it's going to be any problem. I need two more deer in the freezer and maybe some antlers too, I'm thinking. But a uh, couple of hunts coming up, one close to home. We passed up a a good buck, really a really good buck, probably maybe a four-year-old buck. But it was early and it was warm and it was opening day. My buddy down the down the slough from me, Kellen Shepard and I, but we've got plans to get back out there, and um, it's really not too hard to get a, around here to get a mature buck if you just set tight. And certain strip of woods we watch every year, and by golly, if you just keep watching, <laughs> one's going to come through, Larry. You know, it's pretty pretty. Uh, I won't say a cinch deal, but it's a travel route that those, especially during the breeding season, the rut, those deer just. They're pretty dependable, you know. They really are in that area. Of course, I've had the opportunity not to hunt deer there, but I've been there to hunt coyotes and that kind of thing. And that just from, you know, looking at it from a perspective as a wildlife biologist and and somebody who likes to hunt, that is a fabulous area right there. And uh, you're right. And the ruts across the country, I'm sure, is going on right now a lot of different places. Uh, and probably in some instances we're kind of on the tail end of it. And in other areas we're just now looking forward to, you know, really kind of starting. And I spent some time there in, in northeast Texas not very long ago. We had rainy weather. And, man, I saw it out pretty much all day and, and uh, saw deer, which I expected to see, you know, in the rain there. A lot of places you don't see very many deer when it rains. But in a lot of parts of Texas, I think they're just, they like that wet weather <laughs> and uh but when i left i had to come back to to take care of some things and uh but i left there say like at 10 o'clock in the morning and got a call from a landowner from the cotton family saying that you ain't believing what we're seeing where bucks are chasing does everywhere so 
you know, timing is everything. And in my instances, I was at the right place at the wrong time, and, and I left there at the at the wrong time. It's, you know, if I could have stayed another day or so, no telling what we might have seen. But, you know, we'll be back there. And then, too, I'm getting ready to go to uh, Alberta. I, I try to go to Alberta every opportunity I have. And I missed the last two or three years, but going up to hunt with Ron Nemechek with North River Outfitting with Ian, Miss Maria, uh, his his wife and their family and I always try when I go I always try to hunt that last few days of the hunting season their season shuts down on the 30th of November and so hit it up that way and and I can't wait to get up there because that you you never know what's going to step out of the woods when you're up in that part of the world those old big northern deer yeah Larry is that uh where you hunt there is that on the edge of the uh the bush uh, you know where the farmland meets the the forest right it it is it's right on the edge of the provincial forest and uh so it is where I hunt up close to the Athabasca River yeah and a lot of times those old big bucks usually those last two to three days of the hunting season they start coming out particularly if they've had really cold weather because I think the does pretty much stay up on the uplands, but also think probably because it's always colder down at that river bottom, there's not a whole lot of food left in there. And so they're kind of forced out of there a little bit as well, too. But uh, to me, if you're going to hunt Alberta or, or even in Saskatchewan, that season goes on a little bit longer. But uh, to me, if you're going to hunt those last days, if I could only hunt one day in Alberta, it'd be November 30th. That, that'd mm-hmm. be the day that I would go hunt. Yeah, I've got a good friend, Bryce Liddell, that owns uh, Squatican Lake Lodge up there. Uh, Bryce used to, uh, now that's in Saskatchewan, but right. he, he used to, to guide up in the Yukon and the Northwest Territories, and he's got a farm down on the uh, the edge of the provincial land and the farmland, right there where the bush, they call it yes, the sir. bush up there, and the farmland meets. And he said the same thing. He said, "I'm, you know, he he hunts when he wants to shoot a big buck. He, he kind of patterns one for a day or two and gets out there right. behind his house, <laughs> really. But he said, he, said, he said, within 200 yards of my house is the best hunting on this farm. And he said, like you're talking about, the rut, uh, into November. I mean, it's, uh, right. you know, toward the end of it there. So he, that's when Bryce hunts. I wanted to try to get up there with him this year, but you know, things, the stars didn't align this time, but maybe, maybe next year, get off well, up there, yeah. you know, yeah. get up there and get, wear my, well, wear my cold weather gear. That's for sure. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, You're, we, that's something that everybody needs to be aware of is if you go up there, you know, where we live in Texas, it gets cold and it, it can be darn cold, but, mm-hmm. uh, the cold weather up there, a lot of times you're going to be sitting at a deer stand and they're sitting, you know, maybe even out just on the ground. And so you really, really need to be prepared in terms of cold weather gear and in terms of layering and uh, in terms of boots. And, you know, over the years, I've, I've found that uh, the boots that I, I try, usually in the past, I've got to check to make sure I've still got them up there. But in the past, I just left boots up there. They were about two sizes too large for me. Mm-hmm. And with that, I can put on a you know warm pair of socks, and my you know your, your feet are not constricted you know in terms mm-hmm. of blood flow, and that's why people get cold feet a lot of times when they're sitting hunting, just because they're wearing heavy boots and heavy socks, and 
they're just not getting the blood flow in their feet like they normally would. So, you know, what I try to do is I've got one of those heater body suits that I can leave up there and uh, carry a pair of just really warm socks and get a couple of those uh, hand warmers and I'll just take my boots off and drop those hand warmers down to the bottom of those that heater body suit kind of thing and and um, it's comfortable that way. I can sit there for hours and not have to worry about cold feet. I know that last year that you, you shot up there about three years ago, you did sit there a long time, didn't you, waiting on that <laughs> rascal <laughs> to come out? The, the, the season ends every day, or the legal shooting hours end at, at uh, sundown. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I mean, I was counting the moments that I had <laughs> left before. And it was the last day, of course, on November 30th of the last day, and, and uh, ended up taking a really nice big deer that the people were interested in Boone and Crockett. It did make Boone and Crockett non-typical uh, whitetail side of things. But, uh, you know, that area produces some really big deer. And, of course, they're big deer being produced pretty much everywhere. As people have given those deer an opportunity now to get in some of those older age classes. But the beauty of those northern deer is, and then that far north, is they're mature at three years old. And that deer that I shot that would score over 200, he was just a three-year-old deer you know, based on tooth eruption, you know, or tooth wear kind of thing. And so they, they grow big antlers up there in a hurry as opposed you to know, down south. I, I, did, I did not know that, Larry. So, uh, you know, here a three-year-old is a is a mature deer, but he he's going to probably get a little bit bigger the next year and the next year more more than likely, with good nutrition and all. But three-year-old up there is he's got his body size and antlers going pretty good, right? Yeah, those uh-huh. deer up there body-wise they mature in terms of their long long bones and all that by the mm-hmm. time they're three. And most of our southern deer don't do that until they're four years old. So. Once that body is totally grown and there's no required nutrition other than maintenance mm-hmm. on that body, uh, then whatever they eat can be put into antler development. And kind of the same thing down here. But they have, most of our deer have to get to be four and a half years old before all their long bones are grown. Mm-hmm. And then going into that, you know, that four-year-old and past that, that's when we really start seeing the big antlers on on native deer, and I'm not talking about deer that are in pens or being bred or something like that, but there are native deer here that tend to mature at that four and a half and up there at three and a half. Good, good to know. Good to know. Uh, well, Larry, I think we're about out of time for this week. You, we've got uh, we've got we have two more book signings that on the books, and I'm <laughs> I'm getting opportunities out the kazoo for more. But uh, the uh, Bow Barn in Greenville, Texas, on Interstate 30, and then there's a big uh, marina tackle store uh, restaurant on Lake Fork, uh, which is a big bass lake just east of Dallas, you know, that's coming up the 10th i believe of february so you and i we're going to get to have some fun meet some more people you know absolutely and i'll bet you a lot of people listen to us know about lake park because of all the big largemouth bass that came out of there for a while but you're right and then you know we're open to, to doing a bunch of these and they're so much fun and and of course we'll be there trying to promote sporting classics as well too so if y'all are in our area or close to where we're going to be doing these things Please come out and visit. That's right, Larry. And and we, I 
post a lot of stuff on the, the radio website, which is catfishradio.org. You can kind of go there and follow us. Larry, I'm already looking forward to next week. We'll see you then. Yes, we will. <laughs>